Hey everybody, this is Martin, and you're listening to Healing Together, a podcast that connects you to me and some of my amazing friends, where we hope that our stories will bring you comfort, inspiration, and healing. I want to give you a behind-the-scenes view of people's lives, both the ordinary and extraordinary. And I think that you will realise that most often moving through struggle relies on finding a way to shine a light on some of the darkest corners of your heart. And through this, we can build strength and therefore remain open, kind and grateful. Hey everybody, hope you're all well. Welcome to episode eight of Healing Together. So I'm recording this on the morning of the first day of mine and Amram's holiday. So it's the last job I've got to do before we set off. And I'm really quite amazed actually. This is one of the most organized pre-holiday experiences that we've ever had. So that's maybe a good sign of where we're at. (laughs) Uh, Amram took a day off yesterday to do all of the packing which is great because it's not my strong point and I've done all of the behind the scenes organizational stuff. So yeah, we're a good team. We're a good team. Um, We also yesterday celebrated the Jewish New Year. So we had a bottle of champagne last night to welcome in the Jewish New Year, which is also known as Rosh Hashanah. And I was amazed when Amram told me this. I I didn't know it um, until he reminded me. Um, But it got me thinking about what I'd said on a couple of the other podcasts, which is September seems more like January than January. You know, it's, it's such a time for kind of setting intentions for the next phase, the next seasons. It's a quieter time to reflect and, uh, you know, these new beginnings. So, um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd said to Amram yesterday, I was like, well, there the Jewish faith goes again. Just being logical and in tune with nature. Um, and then when I said that to Amram, he said, well, of course, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's done in line with the moon cycles. And that made a lot of sense too. Um, you know, using the idea of nature to help us uh, with settling into and benefiting from our nature and uh, this bigger idea that we're all connected. So I think it's um, it's really helpful. And so I'm going to give you some facts about Rosh Hashanah. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. And Rosh Hashanah started on the uh, 20, oh goodness me, uh, yes, sunset on the 25th of September, so that was yesterday, and it ends at nightfall on the 27th of September, so that's tomorrow. And it is, uh, as I've just detailed there, a two-day observance and celebration, which begins on the first day of Tishrei, the seventh month of the ecclesiastical year. In contrast to the ecclesiastical lunar new year on the first day of the month, Nisan, 
the spring Passover month, which marks Israel's exodus from Egypt, Rosh Hashanah marks the beginning of the civil year, according to the teachings of Judaism, and is the traditional anniversary of the creation of Adam and Eve, which I'm sure we all know about. So isn't that interesting? Uh, so yes, we had a lovely uh, Rosh Hashanah celebration last night with a bottle of champagne. Um, and uh, so it got me to having a little bit of a look into what other people have been saying about the fact that maybe September is the real new year. You know, it's more than just back to school. At this time, people start to improve their routines, maybe consider career moves and join the gym once all of the headiness of summer and all of the activities comes to an end. Uh, we need to think about how we're going to get through the winter. So, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's quite a significant time and it seems to come out of nowhere, um, marking a time... Uh, of change in, in how we live. So as I say, preparing for winter. I know we've um, been looking at getting a log delivery and, and some oil, pruning the garden, stripping it all back for the period of hibernation. Um, it, the winters are very harsh here in Shap, so we definitely have to, to plan for that. Um, and, you know, families with the schools are putting routines back in place, enforcing the bedtimes once again, uh, clearing out the clutter and planning to cook healthy meals to give us all of the immune boosting nutrition that we need throughout the winter. Um, thinking beyond that, you know, from a more kind of business and entertainment point of view, uh, here is where the movies start to get serious as Hollywood studios begin to think about who they're going to have uh, as their award contenders for the Oscars. I think that's in January, isn't it? Um, and you'll have probably heard about the latest iPhone. So all the smartphones get unveiled and it's where lots of businesses, executives hunker down for a, a fourth quarter slog to complete the year's tasks. And of course, some religious traditions link the start of the agricultural year with the cycle of sowing and harvests to new beginnings. So yeah, I think it's a really lovely way to use nature to help us live more in line with our natural cycles. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was really nice. So something to think about. And the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about today was the fact that last weekend I had a bit of a relapse with my, um, with my ADHD. Uh, I mean, it's always there. Um, I, you know, I'm generally managing it uh, daily, really. But in times of overwhelm, that's when the, uh, the symptoms definitely ramp up. And while I feel it in myself, what happens more often is that it shows up in mine and Amram's relationship. One of the, the main issues with us is indeed my attention. And that plays into some of Amram's own difficulties let's say which are you know are a consequence of his own past way before he met me this sense of not feeling important to loved ones 
uh, by loved ones, sorry. Um, so it's a real trigger point for for us. And um, yeah, it was it was difficult. Um, so me preparing for the holiday. Uh, so I always get anxious about that because. I tend to be really busy the week or two beforehand as I'm booking clients in uh, to make sure that, you know, they, they get their sessions without missing out too much. And then thinking about the planning afterwards as well. Um, so I tend to have a lot to sort out when I return and uh, that, that you know, I, I like to set things up so that my diary is in order. So, yeah, for example, this week, you know, where I might normally see 20 clients over the five days that I work and a couple of yoga classes, I think I saw 30 clients, maybe 31. Um, I also had one, two, three, four yoga classes because <laughs> I'd organized this um this uh, this day where we did the aerial sessions and the soma breath with Yvonne and Steve, which was wonderful. Uh, there's another session actually coming on the Saturday, the 26th of November. So look out for that on uh, on social media and on the website. Um, last weekend, I ran my Lake District walking and yoga weekend, which went just was an absolute treat. I just loved it. Um, we had 17 people. Some of my friends came up from way down south, uh, Surrey, London. Um, yeah, we had people from all over and it was such a delight. Yeah, from, from Surrey up to Glasgow. It was, uh, it was fab. We were really blessed with the weather. Um, this amazing walk up Artifel, which is just round from, from where we live. Uh, real perfect walking weather. Sun was was uh, was was shining brightly um it was very clear we could see as far down as blackpool even making an outline of snowdonia the mountains in wales um right across the irish sea all uh, we saw the lovely wind farm well i i think they're nice especially when they're out at sea uh, <laughs> which i've been informed is the second biggest in the world the one off barrow so there you go interesting fact um, and then looking right through the Lake District, seeing the, you know, obviously the sea and the mountains across to the North Pennines, the Howgills, just beautiful. Um, and, you know, that's very enjoyable for me. And, and uh, we went for another walk on the, the Sunday and then two yoga classes and I cooked for everybody as well. But it just takes such a lot of my energy and organizational capacity. And I sometimes don't pay attention to the impact that that can have on how I'm feeling, you know. And I realized um, on the, the Sunday that I didn't leave any room for anything to come in left field. And I had to have a really difficult conversation with somebody who is about to die. Um, they're uh, they're at home at the moment having palliative care, and I because of the the time scales, I ended up having to have a conversation with this person, and I wanted to, um, but it was during the retreat, and it's stirred up all kinds of things for me that I'm sure I'll talk about in future in future episodes, um, 
but yeah, it's had a really, really deep impact. And as that was all making its way to the surface, it required emotional, mental, even physical energy. And I realized due to overdoing it with the retreat and all of this planning before holidays, I kind of tipped over the edge. Um, and as is usual with me, because I'm enjoying most of the things that I'm doing and I, I wanted to speak to this person, I kind of, uh, what can I say, maybe suppress some of what's difficult about that because it's good, it's, it's, it's what I want to do, but it all comes with an impact. And yeah, the, the weekend was a success, went really well. Um, you know, the Sunday night, I, I had a nice time. I was kind of decompressing from it all. And then I had my day off on the Monday. And what happened was I could just feel this kind of negative negativity between me and Amram. And this is usually where the symptoms of my ADD come through due to my struggle. And he was picking up on that and when he does that he'll say to me what's wrong and because I'm maybe not as aware as I need to be I say oh I'm fine I'm fine I'm okay I don't know what's wrong you know and then I get frustrated that he's he's noticing I mean he can probably just see and feel all of that stuff that's rising up and because he doesn't know the content he maybe assumes that there's something going on between me and him that, you know, that I, uh, yeah, I guess his mind can run wild when I'm not sharing with him what's really impacting my energy and my behavior. And of course, at that point, what goes out of the window for me, because I'm using a lot of my energy to deal with the impact of, of what's happening internally, as well as all of the, you know, the external kind of uh, easily understandable use of energy due to how busy I am. Um, this, this stuff, uh, causes me to really step into those ADHD symptoms and attention, um, is, is one of them. And so I was tripping over everywhere. I broke a few glasses, I think. Um, I spend loads of time on my phone because when I feel that kind of rumbling from within that's uncomfortable what I tend to do is is try to sort everything out so I will be busying myself with all of the planning for work I'll be messaging people um, maybe to set up new work which is just crazy but that that is what I do I kind of make myself busy um, I get obsessed with um, cleaning things so you know I'll I'll start looking at the house and see all of those areas that need work and they make me feel like shit so I get overwhelmed and I'll do small parts of those jobs but then not finish them uh, I'll end up standing in the middle of a room because my phone will beep and Amram says he sees me just standing there in that very typical sad kind of modern uh, image of somebody, you know, head bowed, staring down at their phone and, you know, sometimes kind of rocking slightly, which he says, it's like, it looks like you've gone mad, you know, <laughs> suppose, suppose I am doing it in my own way. Um, and then when he highlights these things, I just hate it. I just feel so uncomfortable. So anyway, we had a big argument over some butter in the freezer. Um, 
it wasn't actually about the butter as it as it never is um i'd washed the butter dish and because i'd then got distracted i never went and got the butter out so that it would defrost and amran wanted it for his breakfast um when he went to get the butter out the freezer he had to clamber through all of the garden furniture cushions which i just put there because i was tidying and wanted them out of the way but didn't put them away tidily um, because at that time i was more focused on the garden than the area where we store them so they were there my yoga mats and blocks and other stuff from the weekend was just shoved on top of the freezer the chest freezer in the utility because i hadn't thought to put them away uh, neatly but i just wanted them out of the car and then it's kind of dealt with but it isn't dealt with properly um there were a few other kind of half finished uh obstacles for Amram to get to the the butter and that was you know that was the pointy blue and so from there uh you know we then started unraveling what was actually going on and uh it came down to the same old things so you know don't get me wrong I, I know I'm struggling and in a way I'm thankful really for my ADHD symptoms for being so easily um brought on because that tells me I need to stop and pay attention and do those things that um that Amram really needs me to do and not just for him but actually for me um and so what I've been working on this last couple of weeks in my 40-day um kundalini mantra challenge for my morning meditation is working on this idea of discipline and I think that's the best way that I can help myself and help our relationship is paying attention to what's really important you know the home my relationship yes work is important but because I'm good at that I just lean into it as a way of dealing with discomfort and actually if I draw my energies in closer to home and spend more time on those things and create that comfort here instead of you know tripping over things and half finished jobs then maybe i can give myself better to those really important tasks that that i'm good at you know so to create that balance and that's definitely what's happened with me and amram over the last couple of years and i and i think that's why we're really organized for for holiday actually because i've i've noted those things that he highlights and you know, got past my ego, which says, oh, I'm trying my best and he, he should, you know, understand me. And yeah, he should. And he does a lot of the time. But there are points where I need to step up and and change. And it's worth it. It's hard. It's worth it, though. And at these points, you know, I, I think, God, should I should I maybe take medication rather than relying on my meditation, breath work? yoga all you know all of these natural ways of trying to regulate my nervous system when when things get too much um to maybe have a helping hand you know um i'm not there yet but i i might do um yeah i feel quite emotional now i'm saying that actually because yeah it is hard it is um so anyway, that that morning, I, I sent Amram this really great article from WebMD. Um, I will post a link to it on the show notes, uh, which you can have a read about. And it talks about the impact on relationships. And it's entitled You, Me and ADHD. 
So I'm just going to read a couple of the, the main points from it, and, uh, and then you'll maybe understand <laughs> some of what he and I are dealing with as a consequence of my ADHD. And, you know, distraction is the main symptom of ADHD. The partner, Amram, uh, feels like he's not listened to when he's talking to me, that I don't follow through on promises. He feels unheard, ignored and unwanted. And he knows that I love him very much, but that's probably quite hard to believe when I'm distracted by the phone, my own thoughts, my busying myself, which further detracts from where I really need to have my attention. So I, I do understand that. And it's really important that Amram tells me how he feels calmly. And this is his work because he does try to suggest gently, but sometimes I need him to kind of take me by the hand and say, this is happening. I'm feeling <coughs> ignored um, and kind of come to me with vulnerability rather than anger. Um, it, it, it's, it's the best way to do it. And we're still working on that. So, um, you know, I like it when he asks me to repeat what I've said and, you know, kind of keep conversations short, which he's quite good at, actually, to be fair, um, so that I don't end up getting distracted with all these other reactions to the actual conversation. And of course, hyper-focus on those things that make me feel good, uh, definitely the flip side of ADHD. It's, um, that's where I end up standing in the middle of the room staring at my phone because something's come up that interests me and it's a great way to deal with the overwhelm of, of too much uh, stimulation from all of these other things and, and my internal noise. Um, oh, the forgetfulness is... Oh, God, it's crazy. I literally just can't remember stuff. Uh, even a conversation that might have happened 10 minutes previous... Um, one of the other things it, that's really, well, that exacerbates that is this whole sense of, um, I just did it then because I, I just did it then because I was thinking of what I was going to say next, pull myself back. <laughs> the forgetfulness, uh, is exacerbated by my changing hearing. Um, so sometimes things will be really loud and, and that can it can kind of hurt in my head, um, this kind of hypersensitivity. But then I have this hypo sensitivity, which is where, you know, I can kind of become even more deaf and things just don't go in. Um, so the inconsistency of that, which I touched upon the last time with ADHD, is a huge part of, of, of what goes on there. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I see his point. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really pleased that uh, I can use those moments where my ADHD symptoms are stronger to recognize that that's actually due to some struggle, some stuff that's going on. And thankfully, after, you know, a few hours, Amram and I came back together, we understood what was happening, we did some nice stuff, and we just put the, the kind of the argument, the difficulty to bed kind of laughed about the butter, which is good. It's hard to do when you've still got some of the negative emotion around it. But it's really important to do that because it's bringing back that connection. It's calming the nervous system. And it just helps you see clearly again. And it's really directed uh, my, my focus in my meditation in the mornings to that discipline, 
to that listening to what's actually coming up, you know, and, and the discipline of the meditation, 40 days, half seven, every day I'm there doing this meditation. Uh, to be fair, this morning I actually did it a little bit later because um, I needed a lie-in after the, the champagne New Year celebrations, but I still did it. Um, and then there's something really rewarding about that discipline because I know I'm telling myself that I'm doing the things that I know will help me. And um, whether that's placebo effect or not, it puts me in a better state to, to go into my day. So anyway, I uh, I hope that that's been insightful. Um, and uh, if anyone has got any questions on any of that, you know, please do get in touch. Uh, it's going to be an ongoing conversation. And um, yeah, you know trying to shine a light on what can feel really dark in those moments. It did last Monday. But um, if we come together, if we're open and honest and we put the work in and we try to remain kind to each other as much as possible, you and, and of course, you know, being grateful. Um, I live by these four principles that I talk about on the podcast um, and they do help. Um, but fuck, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> oh. Okay, so um, just for the last 10 minutes here, I wanted to talk about grief. So, of course, we had the Queen's passing uh, two or three weeks ago now, and it was the state funeral last Monday, which um, I don't think it is lost upon me that I was probably responding to uh, the collective grief that's, uh, that we're all experiencing following the Queen's passing, whether you um, had a connection to her or not. You know, the energy of the, the nation, the world's grief, we can't help but be impacted by it. And of course, you know, this was definitely the case during COVID as well. Um, you know, we're still coming out of of the pandemic and you know definitely experiencing the mental health pandemic that 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 has followed the um the kind of the covid pandemic and then we have this lumped on top and uh you know it's really interesting because grief and depression are quite similar and i read this amazing article in the BACP the regulatory organization that i um I belong to and uh, the it's actually from yeah, July August this year and in that um, they talk about navigating complex grief and there's some really interesting stuff here so I just wanted to to detail some of what is in this article which again I'll share in the show notes so it says here way back in 1917 Sigmund Freud set out what he believed to be the important distinction between mourning and melancholia or what we call depression now in his paper of that title, he observed the symptoms of both are very similar. Withdrawal from the world, loss of interest in anyone and anything, profoundly painful dejection. The key difference is that when we are mourning, we know so well how to explain it that this attitude to us does not seem pathological. We rest assured that in a matter of time it will be overcome and we look upon any interference with it as inadvisable or even harmful. And yet with melancholia or depression, the patient cannot consciously perceive what it is that he has lost or he knows whom he has lost, but not what it is he has lost in them. It is an unconscious loss. And the important distinction is that in grief, the world becomes poor and empty. In melancholia, it is the ego itself. 
the melancholic, the depressed, berates himself, vilifies and despises himself as being incapable of any effort and morally despicable, and commiserates his own relatives for being connected with someone so unworthy. I'm sure some people who experience depression can definitely resonate with that. And it says here, it's startling to read such a clear description of a phenomenon that is, arguably, besetting much of the Western world right now. We are seeing a greater prevalence of grief in extraordinarily griefful times, and there is a growing realisation that maybe we need to come up with different ways to support those struggling with grief, because current resources may not be enough. And so thinking about how grief can present as depression um, and, and vice versa, um, I think it's really important to uh, acknowledge that one of the most important ways for people to heal through grief is connection. You know, the single biggest predictor of good outcomes for those who are bereaved is the love and connection to others. And think about it, you know, isolation and lockdown meant so many people didn't have the comfort and love and support of their neighbours, friends and family. And the loneliness and the chilliness of grief was so much stronger. And it's definitely coming through, you know, in, in the therapy room now. Um, and so, you know, this this is key. And that's what I want to do with the Healing Together community. It's about bringing people together to be able to talk about what's going on for them to share their stories to be heard to be seen to to get these different perspectives and you know be able to identify what's actually going on you know I've had so many messages from people who have said since listening to the you know particular podcast show that they were listening to they've been able to see actually you know what I really need to pay attention to this I need to look deeper I need some help and they've reached out to me and I've directed them, you know, to other people as well. Um, yeah, it's it's just so important that we are there for each other. And I think another really insightful, um, insightful difference about the, the depression and mourning, um, as Freud says, you know, he's so clear about the difference. Depression is when you don't know what is lost. With death, the person you loved most in the world has gone. In the work with depression, you're trying to work with, uh, you're trying to work out what got lost. With bereavement, you know it's gone, but the work still takes a long time because it's so hard to believe at the level that is necessary to accept it. The person has to relentlessly reality test. And I think that's, again, a really uh, helpful way of viewing the difference between depression and mourning, even though they can feel so similar. With depression, we then give ourselves such a hard time because we can't really quantify why it is that we feel so mournful. And we definitely experience it, you know, through, um, through all of the different sensations that we might experience. And yet... We we say that, well, it doesn't make sense because everything's okay. Everything should be okay, but just maybe it's not. And I think my ADHD symptoms have perhaps revealed to me some unprocessed grief that I'm carrying uh, relating to, to, to my mum who died uh, tomorrow. It'll be 14 years ago since she died. And... I've had, you know, the person who was dying that I spoke to, it's revealed some aspects of my relationship with that kind of mother energy and what it meant to me. 
and again I'm gonna I'll share that in time but I'm gonna use my holiday to reflect on what was coming up for me um, some of these feelings that have been arising some stuff that's come up in my meditation and uh, I feel there's kind of got to be a breakthrough with some of my realizations um, and I think I might even reach out for some therapy myself just to be able to work through it I'm going to talk to Amram a lot about it maybe some friends and uh, I will share some of those realizations with you. Um, but yeah, for now, I think I need to hurry myself along and uh, get in the car and go and enjoy this holiday. So thank you all for your support in the, the podcast so far. We're eight episodes in now and a few bonus, a uh, few bonus episodes. I'm so excited for how the Healing Together brand and community is going to develop to support each other. I've got some amazing ideas to take me forth into my next year, next season and so delighted that I'll have Amram with me more and more and of course all of you. So have a wonderful week in my absence. Um, I'll be in Cyprus getting sunny and all tanned and having lots of nice food and drinks um, and chill time and lots of reflection time uh, to help me and Amram and all of you move into our next season with hope and care for each other and uh, plant some seeds for the new year so i will be back next week with some reflections from the holiday and then the week after that so for episode nine we've got a beautiful uh, lady called bethany demelza who is going to talk to us a bit again about loss grief death and for her that turned into a difficult um, time with addiction so I look forward to sharing that with you. However, it's time for me to go. So, as always, thank you for everything and get strong, stay open, kind and grateful. I don't even know if that was the right order, but never mind. Love you all. See you next time. Bye-bye.